no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. President A-Dub, it's time to bear down. Let's get it cracking, fellas. Shout out to the homie Jules. Thanks for rocking with us. Welcome to the Barry Centrals. On today's show, we recap the Bears' 16-13 loss to the Baltimore Ravens on the lakefront today. And A-Dub, A-Dub, A-Dub. What the fuck, bro? This one was a tough one, Prez. And this one stings. It hurts a bit. A bit. Shit, man. We had to hold off some hours on recording because I'm like, audience, y'all didn't want me to record immediately after that game. Okay, though. We put the post up on Twitter today and we said, look, we deserve better. Hashtag fire Nagy. Bro, I still, hours later after us putting that post up, I still feel that way. We all deserve better. We have been saying this shit for so long. This is so unacceptable, man, that we deal with this. This was more than a winnable game. When Lamar Jackson was out of this ball game, I looked and I said, Ado's prediction may come true today. And then what yeah. happens? What happens? We find a way to lose games that we should win. Coming off a of bye week, I expect to win those games, right? I expect this to be very well prepared. And like you were saying, man, we look like we didn't want this game. And that hurts very, very bad, man. Okay, so, A-Dub, you, you talked about a team coming off the bye week, and a normal team, a well-coached team, would come off the bye week prepared and ready to go. But no, under Matthew Nagy, in his era here in Chicago, after a bye, we're now 0-4. So this team does not respond well with more time off. They don't respond well in these situations. Lamar Jackson, ladies and gentlemen, was inactive today. They had a backup quarterback, and that guy couldn't throw the ball worth shit, and they still won. Matt Nagy has ruined this fucking team. He had ruined Cairo Santos now. After <laughs> making him kick that 65-yarder, now Cairo Santos is missing kicks? This all is on Nagy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This guy is an awful coach, and if this organization was led and, and owned by people that cared about winning, Matt Nagy would get fired tonight, but it's not going to happen. They're going to continue to trot him out there. He's going to continue to make excuses, and we're going to continue to lose games that we should win. It's unacceptable, A-Dub. It's unacceptable, and I'm sick and tired of it. These are two games we had in a row where we had a chance of winning the game. And then you come off a bye week, Prez, and not even what score in the first half, that is very, very concerning. <laughs> Man, I got so many things to say about that. I'm audience, I'm still pissed off. We're three and fucking seven, bro. Three and seven. Now, I think that we were gonna be no sort of Super Bowl contender. And of course, A dub, you and I talk about this all the time. This season is about the development of Justin Fields. But look what happens to him today. He gets injured. Now he didn't break a rib, thank God. But it's a bruise, but still, it's still something to be looking at because you don't even know if the kid's going to play on Thursday. It's a short week. No, that's facts, man. You don't know, Press. And like you talked about before, about putting Justin Fields in great situations, that's part of it's protecting him. And the kid has taken so many hits since starting as the quarterback, and that is concerning as well. And they, uh, I got to remind our audience here, this is the second year in a row that we have now lost five straight. With this loss today, we have lost five straight games this season. Second year in a row. How is that acceptable? How is anybody at Hallis Hall looking at this coach and saying, we're moving in the right direction here? We're okay with things being the way that they are. Second consecutive season, five losses in a row. Unacceptable. You can't expect to be a great football team losing these many games in a row, Press. That's a sign that, hey, you're not a great football team. There's a sign that says that you're not a consistent football team, right? You look bad losing that many games in a row, two seasons in a row, like you were saying, Perez. It's unacceptable, man. Now, audience, before we get into it, I am going to touch on some positives. So, A-Dub, we're at Soldier Field a lot for the games. And so it's really cool to get a chance to meet some of our listeners. It's always really cool of learning about people that listen to our show randomly, right? So today's game, 
there was a guy, Dexter, that was sitting two seats over from me. And he overheard me talking with some other people in the, in the uh, section. And he was like, wait, he said, uh, you podcast, right? And before I could even tell him the name of the podcast, he was like, oh, I'll listen to that. And he let out a money moon. And I was like, oh, shit, that is dope. That kind of put me in a good mood in the sense that I was pissed off about the game A-Dub. But the fact, man, that we got some of the best listeners out there and people that are really, they really ride with us, man. That shit makes me feel good, man. And that's why even after a tough loss like today, we still get on this microphone and we talk to y'all because y'all deserve it. And y'all deserve better than that product that they're putting out there on that fucking field. You are right on so many levels. Salute to Dexter, man. Shout out to Dexter and shout out to everyone who listening to the show. We really appreciate that. But you're right, Perez. The people we meet, man, they make a difference in what we do here. So I really appreciate that. We all deserve better, man. We deserve better than this football team. Yep. And then one last person I want to give a shout out to is the Queen of Bears Twitter, Miss Cousin Heidi. Ran into her at the game. And I was only able to meet with her for a couple minutes because I was making moves. There were so many people there that I was like trying to meet up with. But it was awesome, man, to put a face with the name. And, and she's been rocking with this podcast since day one. Loyal, loyal listener. So it was great to meet her. Awesome fan. She she was so awesome. She was bringing beers back to the people that she was with the game with. She had like four beers with her. I was like, man, you are all right with me, cousin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's the thing is when I see fans like her, when I see fans like Dexter. And think about for Heidi. She's coming all the way from Mexico to come here for a ball game. There's Bears fans from all over the world. There's Bears fans that I see on Twitter saying how they'll stay up to three or four o'clock in the morning to watch games. And this head coach has an offense that can't fucking score points. This head coach makes excuses. Those fans deserve better. All of us deserve better. But think about these fans all over the world. This is how we're thanked for being loyal to this team. It's just nonstop heartbreak. As a Bear fan, it's to the point now where we're not even just tripping on the losses, but it's how we're losing. I went into this matchup, A-Dub, saying we're going to lose this game. But then when I'm out there today, I'm like, wait, we got a chance to win this thing. And then we give the fucking game away, A-Dub. We give the, the game away again for his. The last um, game we played, we gave it away against Pittsburgh. So here we are again doing the same thing. You make a great point, man, about the fans we have for us all over the world. They deserve better than this, man. They really do. And the cousin Heidi's of the world were out there supporting the Bears consistently. I feel really bad for them, you know, because they're traveling further than you and I for us to come to these games and to spend their hard-earned money to watch the Bears play and not getting a good product out there. So these are a couple games we saw here where we should have won. Yeah, there was a guy that was sitting behind me today, and he flew here from Colorado. Now, you got to think about it. Flights, hotels. He's spending money in the city. You know he's going out and doing stuff. He's right. probably spent thousands of dollars this weekend. This is what he gets treated by. Frustration. Like, this is bullshit. And I tell you, A-Dub, the weekends are already short enough as they are. But it's nothing like going to work on Monday when the Bears win. It's just the victory Mondays, just, they just hit different. But now we got another loss. And I can't even talk shit about the Lions coming up on the schedule because I'm like, well, shit, I can't say nothing. Because I'm with you. we may not even beat them. <laughs> hey, you know what? You took the words out of my mouth, Perez. I'm thinking the same thing. This is not a for sure win for us, man. I don't no. know what's going to happen. No. I mean, Tyler Huntley beat us today. Tyler Huntley. I'm sure half you listeners never knew who the fuck this guy was until today. He beat us today. Now, I know some people say, oh, Perez, Hicks was out. Mac is out. They'll tell you Eddie Jackson was out. They'll say A-Rob was out. Right, I get it. Guys were injured. But at the same time, it's next man up. They also had people out. I talked about it in a preview pod, A-Dub. The Baltimore Ravens have more people on IR than any team in the NFL. But guess what? They're 7-3. Right. You can't use injuries as an excuse, especially in the NFL. No one cares. No one feels sorry for you. That's why your roster has to be set up so that way if somebody does get hurt, the next man should be able to come and do what they need to do. That didn't happen. We're at home, Prez, and you hit it already. No Lamar Jackson. You hit it on the head again. They got other injuries out as well. Big pieces too. That's a game that we should win, period. <sighs> boy, boy, boy. Well, A-Duck, you and I both had some predictions for this Week 11 matchup. 
I had the Bears losing 24 to 17. They lost 16 to 13, obviously. And then you had the Bears winning 23 to 20. So we know which way this went today. The team is now three and seven. A-Dub, your bold prediction from earlier this season is officially DOA. It's done. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cooked, man. I'm out. You are out of there. (laughs) Shit. And mine is is looking kind of suspect too, (laughs) A-Dub. So this team, man, I'll tell you, they're going nowhere fast. I was too optimistic with the nine wins. So anyway, we're going to move this show along. Let's recap your keys to this game. So A-Dub, going into this matchup, your first key was the Ravens typically get out to slow starts in this ballgame, and you wanted to make sure that we capitalize on that. So how do you think we did there? We did not do a good job with that press. We did not capitalize. I would say this, though. That defense was stout. They weren't giving up too much there in that first half of the ball game, but we couldn't get anything going on offense. So to the point, they did what they had to do. Offensively, we didn't capitalize, and that sucked. It really did. Yeah, because I thought we had some chances, Chris. I thought we had a chance. We just didn't take advantage of it. Nope. Your second key was surrounding the Ravens and third down efficiency. How do you think we did there on third down? We didn't do too good with that part, Perez, in key moments. It came back to bite us. I was going to say, yeah, I thought in key moments uh, we didn't get the job done there. But I, I thought, all in all, I thought that we were pretty decent on third down today. But when it count, we uh, did not get off the field. Right. So my keys audience, the first one was blitz pickup and pass protection. And I would say in this ballgame, A-Dub, I thought that they did a decent job on the offensive line. I thought it was decent. I'm not going to say it was anything outstanding. You know, we saw some plays there where Jason Peters got uh, beat on the play and Justin Fields got sacked, right? We saw some plays there where things weren't happening the way that we wanted to. So I thought they were kind of like half and half there as far as the blitz pickup and the pass protection. It was okay. It was okay. My second one was containing Lamar passing and running. Obviously, he was inactive today, so that one don't even matter because we went up against Huntley and we let that guy come in here and beat us. So I don't give a fuck about the fact that we had guys out on defense. They had their MVP caliber quarterback out and they still came in here and beat our asses. Right, and that shouldn't have happened at all, period. Nope. All right, A-Dub, so a couple of my storylines, man, before we get into this eulogy that was this Week 11 matchup. The first one, was how did the Bears respond coming off the bye week? That was my biggest thing going into this matchup. And this was a fucking stinker of a game audience, as I already said earlier. We lose another game after the bye under the Mad Nagy era. So when you think about this, A-Dub, and you were talking about this earlier, teams are supposed to come out of the bye better than they went into the bye. This team regresses. We take a step back when coming out the bye. I mean, you saw how the offense looked for us. They didn't look great. Looks like we were a little flat, a little bit off. Something wasn't there, right? The timing wasn't quite there. So you can see that this team overall, man, didn't look too good. And audience, they haven't won a game after the bye week since 2013. So this even precedes the Matt Nagy era. It's just I have to signify that just because I want to reiterate that this guy was brought in here to change his offense, to improve things. And in fact, the same issues that were going on before he got here are still here and they're gotten worse. Nagy had to do a better job at changing that type of culture, Chris. That culture coming off the bye week, as you're alluding to. You got to look at Nagy and say, come on, man. You know some of the things we look to do differently when you're coaching the Bears. One is beat the Packers, for sure. It's two, come off a bye week, we got to look good, man. Look like we're heading in the right direction. Man, that ship has sailed, man. Get this guy the fuck up out of here, bro. Get him the fuck up out of here. He is not the right person for this job. And he's in here wasting talent there is talent on this team we've talked about it over and over again A-Dub. there's talent on this ball club but he's wasting it this is not the guy that i want to be trusted with justin field's development he's just not he doesn't have what it takes to be an nfl caliber coach at this level if he wants to be this offensive guru then go somewhere else and fucking fuck up their offense but we are sick and tired of you doing that shit here it's just this is a situation where it just needs to be a divorce. We just need to end this thing. We need to cut ties. We need to be done. The fan base is over it. The players are probably over it. Get him the fuck out of here. Yeah, press. we're going to have to get rid of Nagy. I heard the booze at the game. I heard the fire and Nagy kind of a thing going on. It's like, hey, we're all are tired. It's like now it's time, like you're saying, press. it's time to move in a different direction, get a new voice in here. 
a new structure, new culture to build from a coach and move on. Yeah, and, and those chants were loud, man. And, and, and audience, I'm sure you guys heard that on the broadcast. That shit was going around that whole stadium, those fire naggy chants. And I know he heard that shit. I know he heard that shit. And honestly, everybody will say it. He's a good person. He's a good man. And so I respect that aspect of things. But this is a result-oriented business. I don't want to be on here calling for somebody's job. But at the end of the day, man, he's not getting the fucking job done. I want to win. Mike Singletary was at the game today. They, they, you know how they bring the alumni back. He did his alumni interview. And all I was thinking about in that moment is, how far have we fallen? I remember those 85 Bears. Well, you know, I was little, but I still remember how dominant they were. And the fact that they're still bigger than life in this city. And then you look at the product that's on the field today and the way that they play, this an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. This culture here has been built on great defense, right? Great defense. And to see that we're not at that point, and now we have, you know, some of the old cats come through, man, the old vets come through to show some love. We can't get the job done for them, man. And I wonder how they think about all this. Like, whoa, this is a bad product out here, man. It's a shame. It's pitiful. We don't have to wonder because you listen to what Olin Cruz has to say. You listen to what Matt Forte has to say. Alex Brown. A lot of these former players, Lance Briggs, they are not shy. Will tell you what they think about this head coach, but also what this team is. And this is not a good football team. This is a very bad football team, A-Dub, and they continue to show you over and over again who they are. Absolutely, Perez. And every time I look around, Perez, we're like, how are we going to lose this game here now? Because we always find a way to lose. Yeah, they find new creative ways to fucking suck. And Matt Nagy just finds different ways to piss us all off more and more. I'm just, uh, audience, I'm sorry. I'm, I know y'all like, man, Prince is over here. I'm still, I can't believe that this is what we have to watch. This is, it's so fucked up. There were so many people going into that game that were fired up. That were so happy. You could just tell people were looking forward to the game. It was a great day out there. The weather was nice. We had nice weather at the end of November at Soldier Field. Right. Everything should have been all good. I was bumping. It was a good day today. Ice Cube had me in a good state of mind this morning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, yes, bro? Sir. And shit, on the way back, I'm over here listening to gospel music, trying to get my mind right. Because Matt Nagy has sent me somewhere. <laughs> I needed the Lord today. I needed Jesus. <laughs> hey, friends in the car, praying like a bug, man. Hey, please, Lord, let me be okay with this podcast. Please, please, please Lord. <laughs> please, please give me the strength not to get on this podcast and, and mess things up for A-Dub. Lord, please give me the strength. Please, please, please. <laughs> right. I woke up feeling pretty good when I found out that hey, Lamar Jackson wasn't playing, right? I'm like, oh, hell, I look good. My prediction, I'm feeling pretty good. And then after the game, I'm like, shoot, oh, man, have my hand in my head, man. I'm over there in my house with my hand in my head like Vildo was. Oh, oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. So, Ada, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this thing, my second key storyline going into this matchup was, can your boy Darnell Money Moon step up in Allen Robinson's absence? Ada, talk to him. I think he did okay in Allen Robinson's absence, you know? Uh, I thought he got some great catches, got the ones that matter the most in the way. So I got to give him some credit around that. So I thought he did pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I give your boy some props there. Uh, I think, though, there were some opportunities for that he could have impacted the game a little bit more. Agreed. But, but I do think that he did make some plays. He got targeted 16 times today, A-Dub. 16. Right. And I just thought that there were some opportunities there that they could execute a little bit better. But for the I most agree. part, hey. Your boy Money Moon, he's starting to starting to show some real, real good promise out there, man. So, hey, that's what we always say about this team. There is some young talent on this ball club. And that's why it's so disappointing that we continue to play the way that we play. Yeah, man. We got some nice young guys, man, who are starting to show some growth. We got to be on the up and up with this here. We got to start winning some football games with this young group. Yeah, because, okay, look at our division, right? The Packers lost again. The Vikings beat them. And from what I understand from everybody who was texting me, A-Dub, they said that Packers-Vikings uh, game was fire. They said, uh, what's that, Justin Jefferson? They said he went off today. He did. They couldn't stop him. Not at all, Prez. We talking about those deep catches, man. He was on it. So the Vikings, they have moved up to 5-5. Five and five. The Bears missed an opportunity because they could have potentially gotten a game in, in, the, in the winning column there. And then... The Lions, I'm not going to poke fun of them, but they're still winless. They lost to the Browns. 
I'm not surprised, but guess what? We're not in much of a position to really make fun of the Lions here, so it is what it is. We got them coming up on Thursday, and they dub. When we do our preview pod, I'm really going to be humbled talking about that matchup because I don't know what to expect. <laughs> right. I'm going to be humble too, friends. I got nothing negative to really say about the Lions. I'm not going to do it. Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sport Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on either team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania, new customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the show. All right, and, uh, you knew the Bears were in trouble when today? I knew they were in trouble, Perez, when I saw Santos miss that field goal. Yeah, that hurts. It, it started early on with me because at that time frame, it was a good drive, Perez, for the most part. Yep. It was a good drive. It was a decent yep. drive. Yep. And we got nothing out of it. And I'm like, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> good drive and nothing to show for it, right? So to me, I'm like, okay, that's the start of a bad movement going forward, right? That's what I took from that. Yeah, and you saw me poke fun at that earlier, the fact that Matt Nagy, this guy Santos had been automatic, bro, for a whole season and then some. Now all of a sudden he missed a field goals? No, it's Matt Nagy. It's that Nagy shit. It's the curse of Nagy. Now you're starting to seep through to this team, and guys that were dependable are starting to slip up a little bit. And I still rock with you, Kairos. It's all good, man. Everybody going to miss every once in a while. I don't blame you. I blame that shit on Nagy anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, because Santos had a good rhythm going on, Perez, until he had to kick that long-ass field goal yeah. and threw him off. He was streaking. He yeah, threw his he rhythm was. Off. He was going streaking. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so, A-Dub, I knew we were in trouble when we had that fourth and one. And I know you know which, what I'm talking about here. The yes. punt team comes out. Nagy didn't cause a timeout. Then it looks like they're panicking and shit. From This is just from my seats. It looked like there was a lot of miscommunication going on on that goddamn sideline. Then we see the offense run out on the field at the last second. They call a motherfucking wildcat play that goes for no game. But on top of that, A-Tub, there was a holding penalty. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. okay. So you burn a timeout, Nagy, to call a goddamn wildcat play that doesn't work, and then your player commits a penalty. That's just awful fucking football. It's awful. Then, that, then think bad. about the play call, A-Dub. You have a wildcat play where the person has no sort of momentum. They're in a dead stance, and he's getting the ball like that. Six yards behind the goddamn line of scrimmage. See, that is the stuff right there where I want people to listen to my words here. I'm not just jumping on some fire, naggy fucking bandwagon here. I look at shit like that, and I'm like, that is a fireable offense. When you look at a moment like that, that shows a coach that doesn't have a game plan. The team isn't disciplined. What's going on with the miscommunication on the sideline? What's going on over there? Right. All of this shit is just a disaster, bro. And here's what Nagy said. He said his headset went out. That's what he ended up calling the timeout and having you know the offense come back on the field. But to your point, you're making the play call. That play call was pretty much bad. You were pretty much looking for Monty to make everything happen on that play. Right. Maybe we could have went in a different direction. Okay, you could throw that out there. But the thing is, it was a bad design from the get-go because he had nowhere to go. Where the play was designed to go to, he couldn't go there. He couldn't go there. He wasn't going to get no one yard that way. They was on that run play. They were on it. So Nagy could have done a better job, or Bill Lazy, you want to call it, could have done a better job drawing up a play, man, that could have got us into a good situation than that. And so I want to take it a step further. Yes, that's part of it, A-Dub. 
But the other part of the fact is on that particular play, and I even said it when I was sitting there, I said, we don't have any fucking receivers on the field. They knew we were running the goddamn ball. Easily. You didn't give them any sort of look to say, hey, there is a threat that we may throw this thing. No, nothing. That's what why this said. is a fireball offense, bro. You put Montgomery in a position where he was not set up for success. He, he wasn't. He needed one yard, but you make him have to get six to get one. <laughs> right, right. Lone in the backfield by itself. Yeah. And trying to make something happen like that. In the Wildcat. Bad call. Bad call. Oh, so that's what I knew we were in trouble. I'm sorry, man. That was an <laughs> awful, awful play call. Awful play call. Man, I was shaking my head because at one point the crowd was like booming, right? But then, for his, like you were saying, breaking this down as to what actually happened and how that formation looked, we had no win on that part, Chris. That play was designed to fail from the start, man. What's going to look good? What's going to be a good outcome? Listen, A-Dub, what you heard them fans booing was the fact that they wanted him to go for it. And I think that the fans pressured Nagy in that moment to go for it. But the problem was, that was the fucking play call that he had. And, and that's the thing. It's like, bro, four for one? What happened to us lining up, going to get in that one yard? What's with this trick play bullshit? Like, that's the thing. It's all this cute shit that's unnecessary. That was an unnecessary play call. Could have called a regular know. play for that, man. Could have been a traditional type play for that. You'd have to make it look that obvious, man, that you're going to make a run play. You gave yourself no other option but to run no the other football. Options. No other options. I don't know, man. That was like he hit the Ask Madden button on that fucking play call. That shit was awful. It was. It was, man. So I'm over here ranting about the offense. Was there anything that you liked about the offense and the game plan today? Yeah, there were some things I did like about the offense, Chris. I like the fact that we were looking to get Justin Fields on the run early, you know, early on, Chris. That was pretty much in the first series. I thought that was a good game plan with a good balance between um, a rushing attack versus a passing attack. I thought they did did a good job mixing it up. And so I, I will give them credit for that early on. And then second half, as you've seen, you know, we were to get some things going from the offense standpoint. We made a few adjustments, nothing major, even with Dalton out there, nothing major. We made a few adjustments where we were to get some good things going in the past game. A-Dub, I do agree with that. I do think that they were trying to get Justin out on the run to the point that you made. What I did like is I did like that opening drive where they drove it down the field. Santos missed the kick. In that moment, though, I was like, there was some good rhythm there on offense. So right. things looked kind of good there. So I was okay with that. However, that first half left a lot to be desired, especially offensively. And I'm going to get into that here in a second because I do want to focus on what I did like in the ball game today. I did not like the fact that Justin Fields got injured in this game, but I do like that Andy Dalton comes in, steady veteran, and he threw two deep touchdown passes today, Dub. And I thought the pass that he threw that we should have, it should have been the game winner. That won the good one on fourth down. That was money in the bank right there. It was. I mean, a great play for us. As you can see, they were looking to try to stop the run, right? Yep. Another one of those situations, right? So where we decided to make a change. Now, this is why I give Bill Lays and Cole credit, because they didn't do the same dumb shit that they did <laughs> in the first half, right? I got to give credit on that part of it. But they did say, you know what? We're going to give up. We're going to do something different. We're going to get good one a chance, you know? Beat the guy alone. He did. Double move. Touchdown. And the story on that part of it, right? So great play on that piece of it, right? On that fourth down play. Yeah, great play. Marky's good, but it was good to see him starting to make plays deep. We know that this guy could take the top off of a defense. However, they were getting, putting him in those situations to do so, and we saw today in this ball game give this guy a chance to make some plays. I also like the fact that Grant was involved in the offense a bit. Yeah. He was getting some passes, and I say, this guy's a speedster. Get him out there a little bit. Let's get the ball in his hands. Yeah, I was happy about that, Perez. That was good to see, man. That was a different look. It was just good, man, to see him get some opportunity. So I was happy for Grant. He made some, made a good, I think he made a couple of good catches out there, Perez, maybe one. I think he got one out there, right? But still, he was out there, man, to show us something. Yeah, I mean, with A-Rod being out, you you were going to have guys out there that's going to be getting more of an opportunity. That's why I mentioned earlier, Darnell Mooney getting the 16 targets. You saw yep. Marquise Goodwin getting some looks out there. So it opened up opportunities for other guys to make plays. Shit, Demir Bird even caught a pass. I, was, I forgot about I forgot all about <laughs> he's on the goddamn team. Right, exactly. I was like, well, you've been all this season, you know? You've got to catch. Okay, good, man. Welcome back to the season. It was good to see. <laughs> so you're right, Perez. Some other guys got some chances this time from around. So what I didn't like, A-Dub, about the game plan offensively 
And you alluded to the fact that you liked how in the first half, you know, it was a nice mix of running and they got Justin Fields involved a bit there. But what I didn't like about the game plan was that Nagy abandoned the run, especially the second half of the game. He didn't utilize Montgomery enough. In a close game like this, you go to the guy that could churn out those tough yards. There was no reason that Matt Nagy was so pass happy in this ball game. Montgomery should not have been a non-factor, but he was a non-factor in the game where he should have been a key contributor for us. That part pissed me off. David Montgomery should have been more involved in this offense. That did not occur, man. So I did feel bad for months because I saw he got some good rushing yards in when he did, right? He was kind of effective. So I was like, man, you got to continue to go to him. We ended up abandoning that while and we didn't give him enough opportunity. What I also thought in this first half, Chris, is that we didn't get our tight ends really involved in the game. When we going to get these guys involved? The past couple of weeks, they've been doing well, commit, been involved, getting catches. It looked like we didn't get those guys involved in this game. So I thought that was a disaster for us from that, that perspective when we couldn't get anything going. Then I also thought that we also got too pocket-heavy when it came to uh, Justin Fields. We wouldn't put him in the pocket. We stopped putting him in a rollout. So those second, the second and third drive we had for us, we didn't do enough of getting Justin Fields out the pocket. Fair point. I think to piggyback off of that, though, why did Andy Dalton get the RPO screen pass play call? But Justin Fields didn't. That's right. the perfect play call to utilize Justin Fields' athleticism. And that's where I wonder, why aren't you calling plays to fit your personnel? Why are you calling a play like that with Andy Dalton in there? So I didn't like that part. That, that shit pissed me off a little bit. Understood. Like, yeah, that's something you do call with Justin Fields. You're right, Chris. Got to be consistent right there. And I think these guys going to have time with a whole different mindset than what they had in the beginning of the game, right? And try to change things up. But you got to do this thinking right away and make changes, be in the, be involved in the game and make these changes. You don't need to go to halftime and start looking at what kind of changes you want to make. You got to look at the game and how the game is going and make those changes right away if you can do so. Now, I think the Bears have missed those opportunities, like you were saying, with Justin Fields to do that. And also, audience. Just to belabor the point one more time, I don't care if you guys say, damn, you said that shit already, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> that goddamn Wildcat play against a stacked box. If I never see them run the Wildcat again this season, I'll be fucking happy. I'll be okay. I will have no fucking problems with not seeing that play call. I hate that shit. Hate it. And it's even worse, Frizz, when a defense knows what's coming, what's about to happen. That play about to get stuck. You got to audible out of it with something else, right? Because um, you got to know when things like that occur, man. And the Bears don't do a good job with audible and other things when things occur. I don't even know. I, you know what? Honestly, man, <laughs> that that's probably part of it. Honestly, part of it is, as I mentioned before, bad scheme, bad play design. It's just there's so much that's wrong with it. It's so much that's wrong with it. Yeah. So that's why when we're talking about what we don't like, I don't like majority of it. That shit all needs to get thrown in the goddamn trash can. It sucks. This offense is so broken. So broken. Now, you saw Dodman came in. He made a couple plays. But, A-Dub, what did I talk about in the preview pod? I said that this Ravens secondary is banged up. You said it right for you to take shots against them. So that's what you're supposed to do against that secondary. You're supposed to eat off that. You see the opportunity. You know that they're banged up right there. You got to take advantage of what you can take advantage of. And that's what we didn't do a great job overall with is taking advantage of that, especially in that first half. No, we did not take advantage of that at all. Let's shift over to the defense because I'm not going to let them off the hook here, A-Dub. So before <laughs> we get into the negative, what did you like about the game plan on defense today? What I liked about the game plan on defense, we knew they were going to start off you know, a little bit, a little bit sluggish, but we were still in attack mode. The defense is still in attack mode. We were stopping the run. We were actually on her Hunley. We were making sure that things were a little bit difficult for him. He didn't really get off, Perez. I mean, he got some yards in, but he, we were containing him, even though he's getting his first start against us. So I thought early on, we were actually still on him, putting pressure for us, making sure they didn't run the football well. We were doing that. No, yeah, I mean, that's a fair point, A-Dub. I thought we did do a pretty good job there of closing off those running lanes. There wasn't a lot of room for the Ravens to get. The, and the yards that they did get, they had to earn them. They were very tough yards that they were right. getting out there. But I was really pumped by that pass rush today. That defense, they sacked Huntley a ton in that ball game. <laughs> and it was good to see. It was good to see because that was the thing that a lot of people were worried about. We got the news that Khalil Mack was heading to the IR for the rest of the season, having that foot surgery, and people were like, oh, there goes the pass rush. The thing that I really liked is that they stepped up. The guys that needed to make plays made plays on that D-line in that front. That D-line, to me, was very good. 
You know, I know they got some plays at times, but you're right. For the most part, we were putting pressure on them. We were. And you, like you were saying, we were getting home, and some of them came at critical times. No, they really did. They really did. On the flip side, what I didn't like, though, was the fact that I still think that there's times in our secondary where we're just leaving people open. There were so many busted coverages in this ball game, and that sucked. I'm like, where is the fucking safety? Where, why is the tight end fucking by himself? Mark Andrews, there were so many plays where he had no one around him. You should never have any sort of a defensive scheme where a Pro Bowl caliber player like that is open, that open. That's, that should never happen. That bothered me. But then, A-Dub, that final drive, man, when the Ravens just marched it down the field on us and scored, it was reminiscent of that fucking Pittsburgh Steelers game where Big Ben and company drove it down the field and scored to beat us. We lost the same exact way two consecutive games, A-Dub. I hated that. Man, I hate that big pass, man. That hurt badly. But also in part of that too, Chris, I hate the penalty too by Vildor. It's like, come on, man. Come on, man. Penalty right there, pass interference. And then we have this big long drive, busted play, to where they get a big pass out there as well. Yeah, I just didn't like it. Vildor, I've already told you what I think about him. I'm, I'm not even, even going to touch that one. What do you expect? They have him in there as a cornerback, too. He's not a cornerback, too. He still needs time to develop in this league. He was thrust into a position that he wasn't ready for. Teams are going to continue to go after him because they're not going to go after Jalen. And, and it's unfortunate that Vildor isn't playing better because that pass rush is helping him. That's that, uh, That's the cornerbacks and the secondary's best friend is a good pass rush and he's still getting exposed out there so it's just tough to see man tough to see yeah you make a good point Perez. i'm glad you brought that up because the defensive line is giving him help we did not have a defensive line how much worse it would be on Viltor if we didn't have that <laughs> you know what i'm saying so they are giving him a boost by doing what they're doing making things uncomfortable for the quarterback right you gotta be ready Vildor. you gotta be ready man because the d-line like Perez is saying has been helping you out most of this game. Yep, yep, yep. Well, A-Dub, we're going to switch gears here, and we're going to give out some game balls. Who's getting your game ball on offense, bro? You know it. Money Moon, baby. Money okay. Moon gets my game ball, Prez. He made some big catches. You know, that one, that short pass, you know, with that screen there. He actually made that a touchdown because he broke some tackles there, Prez, and he ran that baby back. That's what I'm talking about. Money Moon. Took that baby to the house. The bank was open on that play, Chris. Look, I thought about you when I saw him make that cut, and I was like, man, I wish my boy A-Dub was here, man, because I was like, shit, these people around me, they ain't going to appreciate it like, like he would have. <laughs> no, nah, man, they won't, man. They don't get it, man. Money move my guy, though, no doubt. I would have to say the same guy as well. That guy, he was the wide receiver one today, and he was in full effect. Now, I said earlier, he has 16 targets, so I think that he had – he left a lot of plays out there in the field. So I hope that that's an area that they can look at the tape. You know, they like to look at the tape and see whatever. But I hope that's something that they do actually look at the tape and figure out ways to get this kid the ball in space where he can make plays like he did today. Because that 60-yard touchdown pass that he had there, that thing was a thing of beauty. But those are plays that Darnell Mooney can make consistently if given the opportunity, bro. Right, Brez. You're right with that. And he also made a good catch as well, but he was out of bounds. You know what I'm saying? That Andy Dalton kind of like overthrew him a little bit, but he still caught it. You know, he went out of bounds with that. I was like, man, imagine he was in yep. bounds with that one. He got some pop. <laughs> that kid can get some space, man, and he can make some deep plays. And, yeah, I would love to see that continue and him to continue to get better in that area. Yeah, and, I mean, to the point that you were making there w- with Dalton, you could tell that they the timing was off between those two in that second half. And I think that was also a part of what kept Darnell Moody from having an even, even bigger game. Because I thought, like I said, you brought up that play on the sideline there, but there were just so many opportunities. I'm like, man, if these guys were in sort of sync together, Mooney would have probably had 10 catches today. Yeah, and you could probably say the same thing between him and Justin Fields early on, Perez. You look like yeah. they were out of sync a little bit. So it's like, man, these are catchable plays in a way if they both are on the same page. That's something we still got to continue to get better at uh, with both quarterbacks. If they're going to be around <laughs> for the remainder of the season, and then, you know, we can probably make some things happen a little bit better. But, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to seeing Money Moon, Justin Fields continue to evolve together. No, I hear you, brother. All right, on defense, who's getting that game ball? No other than the great Roquan Smith. Okay, I mean, okay, okay. Roquan. All pro Quan. All pro Quan. Yeah, all pro Quan, Chris. 
he was all over the field, Perez. I mean, he was getting stops through the middle. He was uh, doing lateral, you know, catching gas out the backfield. I mean, he was all over the place, Perez. I mean, Roquan, I mean, he made those types of losses. He was, like, getting back there. So I was like, Roquan is one of those guys, man, who was dangerous today. He knew we were shorthanded, Perez, and he stepped this game up because of that reason. So I got to give Roquan a lot of credit this game here, man. That kid played a hell of a game. A-Dub, that's an incredible one, man, because he was all over the fucking field today, man. He he set the tone. And I will tell you this. It seemed like every play he was involved in, taking down yeah. ball carries, like 17 tackles. I mean, this crazy, crazy day. He did miss a few plays out there in the running game. However, that man right there has stepped up, and he has become the leader of this defense, A-Dub. We talked about in the offseason how he was the only guy on defense that was there during those the optional workouts and the OTAs, he showed you from day one that he was going to be a leader on this ball club, and that's what we're seeing. We also saw some frustration from Roquan. Roquan was pissed off today, rightfully so. You know what? You got to understand this frustration, Fred, because he's like, look, I'm trying to win. I'm not putting it on the line, man. I need you guys to step your game up right along with me. And there were some guys that also did step up. We also had some guys who did too. So, I mean, you, you got to understand this guy's frustration. This kid is out there playing to win. So, I'm going to give my game ball to Robert Quinn. Now, okay. this is this is somebody that, A-Dub, you and I both took shots at a lot of times last year just because he just didn't make things happen out there. He kind of left Khalil Mack on an island. Khalil Mack was just over there getting double-teamed, triple-teamed, and then Robert Quinn is over here not able to beat his one-on-ones. Well, we're seeing right now Robert Quinn showing you that pass rusher that he was with Dallas. That's the pass rusher that we thought we were getting last year, we're getting that at full effect. He had three and a half sacks today. Three and he a did. half sacks. Forced the fumble. He was unstoppable out there. Unstoppable. And, and I'm telling you one thing. That Ravens left tackle, Villanueva, he going to be having nightmares about night before tonight. <laughs> yeah, he is, man. Hey, it got so, he got so tired, friends. He had to start holding Quinn. Like, look, yeah. man, I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> And that's why I wanted to give the defense a little kudos because they they did get six sacks today. And they were and they did, you know, get the job done, but to the point that we made earlier, they didn't make the key plays where it mattered. Third down, not getting that team off the field. That final drive, not stopping them. So it's like you you had like 50-50, but 50-50 ain't going to win games in the NFL. Exactly, Chris. You got to finish the job. And that's one thing we've been lacking from this defense for sure the past couple of weeks is finishing the job. You play a very good game for the most part, then you can't get the one when it matters the most. And I want to give a, a, a little honorable mention, a little shout-out to my boy Travis Gibson. Yeah! A-Dub, I thought he stepped up really well there on that other side. And he had a sack, five tackles, bro, and two of them were for loss. I'm telling you, this kid, this is somebody that I've been super high on. You know that. And he showed us a little glimpse about what he could be in this league. was very impressed by Travis Gibson today. Yes, I was too, Chris. Honorable mention, I'm glad you brought his name up. He didn't miss a beat. I thought he played very well. He applied pressure on the quarterback, Perez. Uh, he was out there, man. So you're right, picked up some sacks too. That's what you like to see about Travis Gibson. You like to see him continue to develop and grow. And he's actually showing that. So in this time, today, this game, he really showed us what he able to do. So I was looking for more of that out of him going forward, Perez. He set the standard right there for himself for us to, hey, you can get the job done. Let's keep going. 100%, bro. All right, who's your bear down? Your underperformer for week 11. Underperformer, Perez, is pretty simple for you and I, well, at least for me, is Vildor. I thought okay. that with him, he didn't do too well, Perez. The penalties really hurt. I thought also getting beaten coverage, that also hurt too. So, and then also a big one that he gave up. So um, in that fourth quarter, it, it, this is a key moment for us. We're trying to win a game that you cannot have these meltdowns. And I thought Vildor had some meltdowns pretty much throughout the game, but not more so than what he did in that fourth quarter. Yeah, well, that was tough because the, that would have been a pick by Deion Bush if uh, not for that pass interference on Vildor. And you got to look at it, audience. He was beat on both of those plays, and he had to do the pass interference to slow the receiver down. He was beat clearly on both of those plays. Yeah, you know? man. You can't have that. You still can't have that right there, Press. Got to be better in coverage. And I think for him, that's something you got to continue to work on because they've been attacking him, Press, and rightfully so because they see that's where they can eat at. So Vildor has to be better, much, much better than this, Press. And this is the thing. Like I said earlier, man, the guy's just not ready for the position that he's in right now, but this also is an indictment on Ryan Pace, as I've mentioned so many times. 
you release Kyle Fuller, but you had no suitable backup to replace him. You had to release right. Kyle Fuller because you guys were up against the salary cap. You were up against the salary cap because of these questionable moves that you've made and how much money you've had to put in certain positions to cover up your poor drafting in certain cases, right? So right. all of it connects, A-Dub. It all goes back to central themes here. And Vildor is in a position where he should not be in. And I'm going to say this. It's been a disastrous season for this kid. And he is not getting any better. And he is not getting any better. No, he has not looked good all season, Perez. And I'm with you there. It's not really his fault. You're right. We kind of threw him into the fire. And like you said, Perez, this happened before. So this thing should have been shored up before Vildor was even our starter. We should have had somebody in place to take over. But now he's here and he's doing it. It doesn't look good. And like you said, Perez, he's not getting any better either. No, like I mentioned before, they took a chance on Trufant, that backfired, and then they had to scramble here at the last second. And like I said, I do not like the corners that we have on this team outside of Jalen Johnson. We just are very slim at that position, and that's something that they're going to definitely have to shore up. My underperformer for Week 11 is not going to be a surprise to anybody that listens to this show or the Chicago State of Mind. My underperformer is Matthew Nagy. <laughs> A-Dub, it's the same fucking story, bro. And everything that's wrong with this team and everything that's wrong under the Matt Nagy era, we saw it wrapped up in a pretty-ass package today. It was in a nice little pretty present with a nice little red bow on the top of it. Everything that we come to expect with this head coach, the offense showed little signs in that first half of being productive. Pre-snap, they were fucking up. That two-point conversion, they didn't know where to fucking go. And then losing the game on that last second drive, that's all on him. That's coaching. I put that on you. The three and out, Fred, you can add that to it as well. The second drive, leave the three and out, didn't look too good. The series after that didn't look that good either. So you got to look at Nagy and say, come on, man, we got to muster some great drives. But it starts with coaching. It really does. Your offense did not look ready in that first half. It starts with the head coach. Yeah, and, and like I said, man, all of those things that I talked about, those are the, the same things. And that's going to be on Matt Nagy's tombstone when they fire his <laughs> ass at the end of this fucking season. It's going to be all these things that I just talked about. The offense yeah. not working. The offense being broken. The team not being disciplined. The miscommunication. That's all on him. And these are things that we've seen the entire time that this guy's been here. It's like we keep seeing the same movie over and over again. We're over it. We know how this shit ends. Not interested. All right, man. A-Dub, I'm sick and tired of ranting. I know the audience is probably like, man, these dudes here, they usually keep things pretty pretty chill vibes, but I'm sorry, audience. You can't fucking, you can't put no lipstick on this pig and try to say it's, it's a beauty queen. This shit is awful. It's ugly. It's disgusting. Robert Quinn even said it. He said a game like this makes you sick to your stomach. Well, guess what, Robert? We out here paying our money to watch this shit. That shit definitely was sick to my, I'm sitting over here like, why am I paying money to watch this shit? I, if I want to throw my money away, I at least go uh, uh, take it to a casino table or something. Like, this is bullshit. Right. I'm with Quinn. He's right, Press. He also said it was a gut punch. I'm with him on that, too. You know, we got hit in the gut again. And so I'm tired of hearing we didn't finish. We got to finish the job, period. Can't keep making excuses. And like Press is saying with our head coach, man, 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 man. Oh, boy, boy, boy. He has not done a great job with the Chicago Bears. Let's call it what it is. Oh, boy. I'm just over it, man. I'm over it. All right, audience. So as we mentioned, we got the Detroit Lions coming up here on Thanksgiving. I'm not going to let this team ruin my Thanksgiving. I promise you I'm not going to let them ruin my Thanksgiving. I'm going to have a nice little glass of wine. I'm going to watch that game. I'm telling you, if they do some foolishness, they ain't going to ruin my good times. They're not going to ruin my sweet potato pie. They ain't going to ruin my mama's baked macaroni and cheese. I'm not fucking with these guys. They're not going to ruin my vibes. So right now, they got me a little angry and pissed off. I ain't going to have this kind of energy for them on Thanksgiving. They ain't going to do that to me, A-Dub. They ain't going to do it to me. <laughs> I bought a few drinks, so I'll probably be nice on the show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just preparing for the worst, man, just in case. So as I mentioned, audience, five straight losses. and. With the way that we're going right now, Detroit could get their first win of the season on our asses, you know? So it's like, <laughs> when I look at this ball club, I'm like, man, there's not a lot for us to be thankful for. And, and, <laughs> and during this time, when we're supposed to be showing gratitude to things, 
This team ain't one of the things that I'm grateful for. They are very infuriating, eh, Doug? Don't speak that into existence, man. Uh, the only whatever team winning against in their first win against us, that'll be the worst. That will be the worst. Well, I'm preparing you. So <laughs> brother, you missed the 11 wins over there. Sometimes I gotta I gotta throw that stuff to you to let you lay dub now. Just be prepared for the worst now. Yeah, I, I know, you know, they some people say they they accuse you of having them clubs high hopes. Now I, I don't I don't say that. I just know that you are a very optimistic person. However, you saw that game today, bro. That yeah. shit right there was disastrous. We don't know if Justin Fields is going to play on Thursday. We don't know what the fuck to expect. A short week. We don't know who is injured coming out of this game. So, right. <laughs> I'm just saying, prepare for the worst, y'all. Prepare for the worst. You're right about that, man. I, I need to get prepared for that, Prince, because, man, the way things happen today just put me in a different mindset. I had high hopes, man, for the season. I was all in our defense. Khalil Mack is done for the season. That already hurt me already when I found out about that. And then to lose this game here for us. So it's like, man, things are not looking good for A-Dub. And my thoughts and prediction about the Bears, we're not that good. We're not good. We're not going to the playoffs. This team's going nowhere fast. Matt Nagy needs to be fired. They need to clean house. This shit is just, it's just, it's, it's a secret ship. However, audience, we're going to end this show on, on, a, on a high note here. We owe you guys a trivia question. So here it is. So in the last meeting that the Bears had with the Baltimore Ravens in 2017, the Bears won that matchup. What was that final score? So I repeat, the last time the Bears played the Ravens in 2017, what was the score of that matchup and that Bears victory? Hit us up. Y'all know what to do. And A-Dub, I'm telling you, man, I'm going to be a lot different. When we talk on Tuesday, when we preview in this Lions game, but right now, brother, I need to go somewhere and put myself on timeout because I'm still over here hot. I'm still hot. Press, this is what you're going to do, Press. You're going to go work out, and I'm going to go do the same thing. So we're going to get this episode all ready for y'all. For, and we're going to upload it in the morning, and your prayers about to go crush some weights. We out. Thanks for listening to the Barry Centers Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of our show. Bears Nation, come down with us.